So this morning we're continuing our series on the kingdom of God that we've been running through the last few weeks. Um, the one thing that Jesus talked about by far more than anything else in his ministry was this thing called the kingdom of God or, or the kingdom of heaven. And in this series, what we wanted to explore is just what is it about the kingdom that got Jesus so excited in his ministry? And perhaps it's time that we as a church, we, we start to gain a little bit of that excitement for the kingdom that Jesus had as well. Now, for the last week, we've explored a few ways or for a few reasons why Jesus got excited about the kingdom. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about how the kingdom of God is near. Jesus again and again and again says, the kingdom is near, the kingdom is in your midst, meaning the kingdom of God is not some far off place geographically or in time. The kingdom of God is near, it's within our reach. And if it means that it's near, it means that when our life gets hard or our life gets really mediocre, or even when our life gets easy, the kingdom is near in all of it and that is exciting news. And then last week, we took a look at how the kingdom of God is upside down from all the other kingdoms that we may experience in our lives in the world. How the kingdom of the world says power is what's best and how the kingdom of God declares this crazy, radical powerlessness in the world. And how this, powerless is, this powerlessness is amazing. It actually gives us power by being powerless in the world. Now this morning, what we wanted to do Let's take and talk about another reason why Jesus got so excited about the kingdom. This morning, we want to talk about the messiness of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is messy. And in fact, that's amazing news for us. And I want you to see that this morning. And so let's get to it and turn to our scripture reading this morning. Um, our scripture reading is found in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, 24 through 30. If, if you have your Bible, I encourage you to open up. If you have the Bible app on your phone, go ahead and join me. Matthew 13, 24 through 30. And what we do here generally when we're meeting together is we stand for the reading of God's word. And in your homes today, even though we're alone in our homes perhaps, I invite you to stand up for God's word this morning as we listen to these words from Jesus. So listen to this. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered. Because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. That's God's word this morning. You may take a seat in your home. Go ahead. 
Now to explore this this morning, I, I want to start with a few pictures. And I want you to gauge your emotional reaction when you see these pictures, okay? So here we go. I'm going to show you the first picture this morning. And how does this picture make you feel? I feel like a psychologist. There it is. That's the first picture. Does anything in this picture make you feel weird at all? Let's go to the next one. What about this one? Does this picture make you feel anything at all? How about the next one? That one, yeah. Yep, there's that one. How's that one making you feel? Move on to the next one. Mmm, yeah. Move on to the next one. Now this one gets me every single time. This is a disaster right here. I, I'm going to assume that for many of us, these pictures bother us at least a little bit when we see them. You see, the reason why is that order matters in our lives. It, we all know this, actually. Um, we need routine. We need a level of predictability in our lives. Um, we like symmetry, right? We like when things on this side mirror the things on this side. We really like symmetry. Now, kids, if you're listening this morning, if you have no idea what I'm talking about when I talk about order, here's what I'd like you to do. If your room is a mess, Go grab your mom and then run her into your messy room and then watch mom's face and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. We need order. And all the moms said amen collectively, I think. In fact, there are those moments when our lives are suddenly disordered. And those are hard places for us. I mean, for literally everyone on the globe in this weird season the last couple months, there has been this level of disorder that all of us have experienced. And because of this disorder, many of us have struggled to maintain healthy habits in our lives. And perhaps for some of us, just some of us, we may have developed some new ones along the way as well. How many of you have this new habit of going to the food pantry when you're not hungry now? It's not me, but I'm sure some of us have that. Disorder is really hard for us. And, and the good news in all of it is that God is a God of order. You know, when God created the heavens and the earth, he started with a mess and then he began creating order in the mess. God says, the water, here's the water, and the water goes here in this. In the sky, the sky is going to go up here. That's where the sky goes. And this animal, this animal is going to go on the land and it's going to be right here on the land. That's where this animal goes. And this fish is going to go in the water and it's going to go in the water over here. Then you get to the end of the creation story and there's this beautiful order that emerges. Everything is just right. Everything is exactly as it should be. You see, order is fundamental to the kingdom of God. It's fundamental. The kingdom of God is the place where everything is ordered and it's ordered according to God. You know, I would imagine that most of us, when we think of the kingdom of God, we think about a place of perfection, right? Where everything is right. Everything is as it ought to be. Like, if God is the ruler of this place called the kingdom of God, then the kingdom must be a place where everything is put together. Everything is intact. Everything is the way that it's supposed to be. Things are the way they should be. See, the kingdom of God is a lot like this Lego castle here. 
My kids have been working on this for two weeks now, and it's finished, and it's awesome. I love this Lego castle. On this Lego castle, everything has a place. Everything is where it belongs. The towers have been placed on the corners exactly as they should be, right? There's a symmetry to it. There is a front entrance to this thing, and it's symmetrical. It's the way that it's supposed to be. Every window is placed in the spot that it is for a very specific reason. The roof, if you were to look at the top of the roof of this thing, everything is symmetrical. Everything looks good on the roof. Everything is where it's supposed to be on this Lego castle. At least the way my kids put it, at least. In the kingdom of God, we think, man, it's, it's a lot like this Lego castle, right? In the kingdom, everything will be ordered like God wants it ordered. That's how the kingdom works. And we long for that in our lives, don't we? You know, we long for a day when we can step with two feet into the kingdom of God. And in that moment, life will be so much better. I mean, we can't wait until we get to that moment where there's just not sin in our lives anymore. Where we don't screw up that one thing again and again and again. Or where we never hurt that person again. Or we ourselves, we're never hurt or abused or damaged again. Like that doesn't happen anymore. We long for that. We long to be in the place where our bodies actually stay intact, like forever. Don't you long for that these days? Where there are no diseases and pains, where the crazy coronavirus isn't a thing, like at all, and it never will be. Where, where do you long for the day where there's just not death anymore, either, at all? Death is gone. We long for relationships in the kingdom, I don't know about you, but there's those moments where you come to your family and coming to family actually isn't a fun experience, right? You get there and it's awkward and it's uncomfortable and there's hurts and everyone's trying to measure the other to make sure that everything is okay. Wouldn't it be something when we step into the kingdom and all the dysfunction is gone? It's just joy when we're around each other where we can be with our loved ones and they can be with us and everything is okay. You know, for those of us who follow Jesus, we, we think about the kingdom and we look forward to the day when we can be in the kingdom and God is there with us. And we never again for the rest of our lives have to wonder, is God still here or did God disappear on me? Because I don't really know where God is at this point because we'll know because God is there with us. But you see, we can't forget that the kingdom of God that we look forward to in the future, well, it's already here. It just doesn't look like we think it ought to. You see, if, if the kingdom of God were like this Lego castle here right now in our lives, well, it wouldn't look like this at all in our lives. In, in fact, the kingdom of God, it, it might actually look like... Now that's what the kingdom of God looks like. Some of you just got mad. <laughs> you're thinking of my kids and you're like, what did you just do, John? They're going to kill you. They knew about this. Everything is going to be okay. See, the kingdom of God looks like a mess right now. 
And if it bothers you to, to think of the kingdom of God and think this is what the kingdom of God looks like, man, you are in good company this morning. You see, in our scripture reading, there are these people and they look out at the kingdom and they're like, um, like this is not good. Like, it's kind of messy. What should we do about it? I, I want you to see this this morning. Our scripture reading this morning is one of Jesus' parables of the kingdom. And as the parable goes, there's, there's a farmer and he plants his field with wheat in the middle of the night, there must be a jealous neighbor or something. He sneaks onto the farm and he sows all these weeds throughout his crop, right? And so as the crop begins to emerge and grow up, all these weeds grow up with it. And so the field is like half weeds, half actual wheat. It's half crop. And so, and then listen to this next part. If you have your Bible, take a look at Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 27. It's really interesting what happens next. Listen to this. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, the farmer replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? And the farmer replies and he says, Well, no. I love what the servants do here. They see that the field is a mess. It's disordered. The weeds have made a mess of everything in the field at this moment. And so the servants, they're good servants. They care about the farm. And they say, hey, can we just go and pull up the weeds and make it ordered again and writing? Can we create some order in the chaos here, Mr. Farmer? And Jesus says this is exactly like the kingdom of God. God's kingdom once looked like Eden, right? It looked like the Lego castle. Everything was ordered. And Jesus says, now that the kingdom is near and it's in our midst, that same kingdom that was Eden at one point is just a big old mess on the floor, like a giant thing of Legos, just like that. We don't like that part of the kingdom, do we? We don't like the chaos. And some of us go to Jesus and we say, Jesus, can we like pick up some of the mess because I'm not liking this. Can we start putting the, the castle back together? Can, can we start doing that right now, Jesus? And it's interesting because Jesus' reply in that moment is the same reply that the farmer gives his servants. Do you know what Jesus' reply is when people say, can we put it back together now? Jesus says, no. No, we can't. But, but Jesus, don't you see that there's like Legos all over the floor? Don't you think we should put things back together now? And Jesus says, no. No. And folks, Jesus' no is the best news we could hear today. It's the best news we could hear today. And I'm guessing that a ton of us are like, what, how in the world could the kingdom being a mess like this be good news in our lives today? How in the world could this possibly be a good thing? Have you seen the state of things in the world, Jesus? Do you not see all the mess everywhere? It's bad out there. It is truly a mess. There is brokenness in every single home. Domestic abuse right now in our world is on the rise. It's unprecedented, actually. There is disease and there's hunger and there's homelessness in the world. Right now, there are some really bad dudes doing some really bad dude things right now in the world. 
I mean, have you seen the craziness of um, human trafficking in our world right now? Some say that there's more folks being human trafficked right now than during the African-American slave trade. That's where we're at these days, folks. The world is a mess. And don't you just want to pull the weeds? Just get them out of the farm. Or pick up all the scattered Legos and then, and then start putting things back together. Really, Jesus, this is, this is what you want us to do right now. No, we're not doing this, apparently. You see, we have to listen to the parable. You see, in this parable, the farmer plants wheat. Now, wheat in the ancient world and today, to be honest, is the lifeblood of the world. It's the lifeblood of the world. Most of the world then and today survive off of the products that come from wheat, like, well, bread. Bread is life for the world these days. Most people, that's their calorie source, is some bread. But then these weeds suddenly show up in the parable. And if wheat stands for life, right, it gives life, the weeds, they stand for death, or you might even say poison. It's actually, in the whole Bible, this is the only place in the entire Bible where that word for weeds pops up. It's a, it's a very specific word. The Greek word for weeds is the word zizanyan, zizanyan. Now, that's an awesome word, by the way. Wish English had that. Um, a literal translation here would be the word darnel, which is a plant. It's, it's around today as well, a specific plant. What's really interesting about darnel is that it's a plant that mimics wheat. And so if you were to see a darnel plant and then a wheat plant, they look very similar. In fact, when they're young, they look really similar. When they grow into a crop, they start to show their true colors. And darnel is actually a poisonous plant. If you ate a lot of it, you, well, you could die. Jesus says, this is how the kingdom is. It's filled with folks that bring life to the world. They are the bread of the world, right? And it's filled with folks who bring death. But at this stage, we don't get to know who's who. And so the kingdom is a mess right now. There are life-giving people and there are death-giving people in the kingdom. There are moral, virtuous, God-honoring people and there are those, those other ones, sinful, broken, pain-inflicting people. And folks, this is actually really good news for us. The kingdom of God looks like a weed-infested field. The kingdom of God looks like a castle, a Lego castle, shattered all over the ground, and that is good news, folks. You see, if the kingdom looked like a perfect field or a perfectly built Lego castle, you and I would not be part of it. We wouldn't. It's the messiness of the kingdom of God that allows you and me access into it. 
You know, so many of us think that, that our job in the world as followers of Jesus is to root out the weeds of the world, but what we don't realize is we are weed-infested ourselves, aren't we? We are a mixed bag. All of us are. We sometimes bring life, and we sometimes bring death, and we try to not do that, but we still do it. And if you want a perfect kingdom of God, you and I, we just simply wouldn't qualify to be a part of it. And God says to you and to me, in all your sin, in all your brokenness, you get to be a part of my kingdom. This is what the cross accomplished. We get to be a part of God's kingdom despite our flaws and our brokenness and our faithlessness. There is space for you in God's messy kingdom. Your messy life gets to belong in that kingdom if you want it to. No matter what kind of horrible things you have done, your messy life belongs in this mess. You see, you get to be a part of it. You have a place. You know, when we come back to worship Next week, as a church, at least part of us, you get to be a part of TFRC in all your mess. TFRC is a messy outpost of the kingdom of God, and you get to join us if you want to. See, when we finally come to grips with that, that the kingdom is messy, and that we are messy, and that we get to be a part of it despite our messiness, there's only two real responses we can have in our lives. The first is gratitude to God. Gratitude. Because we realize God has been unbelievably gracious to us. And the more gratitude that wells up in our lives, the more and more likely it is that we will turn out to be the wheat in the field, not the Darnell. And our other response would be a newfound grace toward others. You know, when you get to that spot in your life and that person does that one thing that you don't like or they hurt you in that one way or they show their, their flaws in that one way, when you realize that you get to be having your messy life in the messy kingdom, you'll see, oh, 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 oh I know what this is. That's your mess. You, I have one too. We both belong in this messy kingdom. See, God's kingdom is a mess just like this, that I have to pick up later. And that's the best news for us today, isn't it? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that you see us not for what we should be, but you see us for what we really are. God, at our best, we are a mixed bag we are filled with good intentions. We try to be good. We try to do the right thing. But God, we realize so often that the Darnell grows up in our lives and it wreaks havoc on us and the world around us. We are a mixed bag. And yet you still, in our brokenness and our flood, you invite us in to your kingdom. And it's messy, but thank you, God, for the mess. Thank you for your grace. You are so gracious to us. And help us show that kind of grace to the world around us because that's what the world needs right now, God. We thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
Hey, as we conclude the service this morning, I just wanted to leave you with a note, and that is um, about our children and our youth ministry. Um, TFRC, for a very long time, uh, one of our primary values has been young families and kids and youth. It's a really big deal for us. And so normally, you may come and you may watch this service live stream in your home. I encourage you this morning, as soon as we're done here, go ahead and click open the children's worship service and sit there with your kids and watch it and participate with them. It's right on the TFRC page. You can find it on YouTube as well and on Facebook. So I encourage you to go ahead and do that. And if you have a a student, you have a high schooler, a middle schooler, we invite you to go to Instagram and follow the uh, the TFRC youth on Instagram. Brett, our youth pastor, has been doing all sorts of great stuff on there, and we encourage you to participate that with, in that with your kid um, this morning. Also, we have a prayer wall in the back of our room, and obviously we all can't be here to participate in it, but if you have a prayer, maybe life is hard and it's like, I just want to put a prayer on that wall so badly, uh, go ahead to tfrc.org slash prayer, and you can fill out a prayer request there. You can also just email Pastor Chuck or myself as well, and we'd be happy to put a prayer in the wall for you. Now, let me leave you with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord raise his countenance to you and give you peace. Amen? Have a good week, church.